The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual participants and do not necessarily reflect the official position of the host, other guests, or any affiliated entities. Each participant is responsible for their own statements and opinions. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. Hola, mi enchada! Welcome to another edition of High Trust, Low Context, Episode 6, The Little Things. I'm your host, El Chaco, and I've got with me, for this episode, another awesome guest. He's a, a, a road warrior. He is a, a, a someone who I have worked with in the wrestling business. He's one of my good buddies. His name is Chris Blanton. If you've seen him live, you will know him by his ring name, which is Little Fabio. Welcome to the show, Little Fabio. How's it going, man? Hey, how's it going, dude? Thanks a lot for having me, man. I'm happy to be here. This is great. I'm so glad you had time uh, to to share with me today. I know it's been uh, you've been very busy with a lot of uh, with a lot of your health issues and and stuff yeah. to do with your health. Uh, you are now officially retired from the ring is that, that would be the, the, oh, the best yeah. way of putting it. yeah officially retired i don't think there's any coming back from where i <laughs> am I, I don't know maybe maybe you could be a manager like me you know <laughs> maybe <laughs> never say never <laughs> so uh little fabio and i uh we worked together uh back in 2016 i think uh back in 2016 17 yeah 16 17 yeah and uh we worked together uh for a company called midget wrestling warriors and uh and uh you you your career actually ended uh with a different company micro wrestling correct that's that's right yeah, so tell us a little bit about uh, your career. I mean, how for how many years did you work as a as a midget wrestler? Uh, I got thirteen years of professional wrestling in just before uh, my nagging back issues caught up to me, and I had to retire. Yeah, uh, so was that like a gradual process, or did that just kind of yeah? Stop for you? Well. I, yeah, I guess it was kind of a gradual process. Multiple injuries that just never got looked at. Um, like, like I said, I've been doing it for 13 years. I had had nagging sciatica for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess you could also say I'm a victim of the American healthcare system. Um, <laughs> Which is not great sometimes, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, uh, you know... Um, by the time you know you saw me, um, I had left another company where I had been wrestling full time from. So when I was over with the wrestling warriors, you know, suddenly I'm not getting enough work, anything like that. You know, I can't afford health insurance. You know, right, right, any of that stuff. Uh, but anyway, somewhere along the line, um, I broke my back. Uh, another point, I tore my rotator cuff and just. You know, uh, my first time up in Canada years ago, um, I went to work for Atlanta Grand Prix Wrestling in 2012. 
and it we had 28 shows in 30 days in the Maritimes. Ooh. Uh, yeah, brutal tour. And Atlantic Ooh. Grand Prix is one of the oldest companies, you know, it's one of the oldest promotions in Canada. It's one of the original territories. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's ran by the Dupree family. Is is that and, the one? Is that the one where which uh, I believe Dino Bravo was working with when he died? I, I, I think so. Yeah. Um, he he worked there. I mean, Macho Man worked there. Lanny Poffo worked there. Um, the Cuban Assassin. Um, oh, uh, uh, Crusher Koloff. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. um, yeah, there, there's like a, um, Leo Burke. Oh, okay, okay, I know Leo, Leo Burke, Burke. He, yeah. He, yeah, yeah, he's big up there. If you've ever been to the CAC he, in Las Vegas, he goes, uh, to the CAC. Do, do you go to CAC? Have you been to CAC? Uh, for, for yeah, listeners I, I, who aren't I, familiar. I, I, I've been one year. That's when I actually met Leo that one time. Okay, okay, yeah. Um, for lis- For listeners who aren't familiar, CAC stands for Cauliflower Alley Club. And it's a uh, it's like a a wrestling alumnus club, correct? Like it's for res- wrestlers, yeah, present it, and past. It, it's basically the the Cauliflower Alley Club is basically a benevolent fund for you know wrestlers when you know they're down, they're out, they're retired. Basically, me. Um, the CAC <laughs> has actually helped me. Oh, really? Uh, okay. Yeah, they actually just paid off uh, my you know neurosurgeons, you know, because you know they've been asking for money, and I've had two surgeries now i'm about to have a third surgery you know i've got to have my other hip replaced uh early next year in march so you know there's like all the all this stuff popping up and um i'm good friends with ron hutchison who is on the board of the cac and he had been begging me please ask for help please um but you know you have to seek the help you know you have to put in a formal request and I mean, the, the, ever ever since you know, like I broke my back and stuff, and ever since you've known me all those years, and I've just been all these injuries. You know, people have been begging me. You know, ask the CAC for help, and I always felt too proud. Well, not, not not too proud. I always felt you know there's somebody else that needs it more. Wow. Okay. You, you know what you, I mean? You, you see? Like, yeah. Well, you've always like, struck me as very guys. humble. Yeah, like I'm only 30. I just turned 34. Wow. Um, You know, there's all these other guys that, you know, they were that were pioneers in the business, you know, that had, you know, been doing it for 30 or 40 years. And I mean, a classic, you know, like the movie The Wrestler, you know, one of those scenarios, you know, basically, because there's there's (laughs) no, you know, when you retire, it's either you saved up or you didn't. You know, and it's it's hard to save up. You have to have something to fall back on. If you don't have something to fall back on, then and that's yeah, what the CAC is there for is those hard times. It's it's hard to save up money as a wrestler. It it is yeah, it 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 is. Um, and I I know you, you know they're like oh you you know there's these expenses on the road like when you're traveling on the road all the time everything's just like so hectic. You know, every every flight, every hotel, every gas station, every restaurant. And it's like all this to try to keep, you know, because, I mean, yeah, you can use, you know, tax deductions and all that kind of stuff. But it, it's like I try doing it and it's just, you know, I end up, you know, with like all this tax receipts just, you know, in a week's time. And yeah. like I 
normally like when I be touring, I'm on the road for four months before yes. I go home. Oh, you know exactly. And I, and I would only go home for like a week or two. Well, the, so the when I'm home, time... I, I want to rest. <laughs> I don't want to run errands, you know. <laughs> well, the last time we worked together was a Christmas tour. I think we were there right before Christmas uh, in yeah. in 2016. So now you said you're you're 34 now. That and you retired what two years ago? Two years ago you retired. Uh, yeah. It it was early 2020 it was early last year that i retired okay okay yeah, so I, I had a spinal cord surgery in may of last year so you started wrestling when you were 20 21 like really young oh you, yeah you well, were really yeah something like that I, I i was in college at the time yeah okay so tell me about your start into wrestling what what got you into midget wrestling to begin with how how tell um, me about the beginning well uh one of my buddies he was he did uh indie shows he was an indie wrestler and i started kind of going to shows with him to you know show support and all of that mm-hmm. and you know these guys in the business all you know these wrestlers promoters and stuff obviously you see a little person walk in you know Dollar signs light up in their ching. eyes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's just ching. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, and I'm not even kidding you. These promoters will be like, a midget just walked in. <laughs> I kid you not. <laughs> yep. I'm going to snatch him up and uh, I'll send them your info. Okay. <laughs> I, I will say this. I will say this. I made more money working with the midget wrestlers yeah. than I made with any other promotion in my life. Like I, oh, I've worked with multiple promotions, but with the midgets, they paid me the best and we drew the best. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. So, so you get, you get eyeballed on the way in. He sees a, a little person walk in and he goes, there's the money. Tell me what happened right after that. What happened after? Okay. Um, oh, crap. Sorry. I lost my train of thought. Uh, what happened right after why? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what happened after? Tell tell me how after. how you went in after. After what? Sorry, dude, spinal cord injury. I just hit a blimp. No, no problem. I will type it in the. I'll type it in the co- chat. Here. Oh, oh, oh! I'm I'm sorry. Uh, that, that that that's right. My starts. See, this is what happens with spinal cord injuries. You know, everything gets like a little fuzzy, and then it's just like. Fair enough, man. Fair and all enough. the medications. Oh, my God. Don't even get me started on that. Okay. I'm back on track now. I am so sorry. No, that's so okay, I man. Wa- We're back on track. Take her home. So I walk in, good-looking little guy, you know, dollar signs lighting up in these promoters' eyes. And, you know, everybody be telling me, dude, you can make some money in this. You know, come in. Come in the ring. Uh, you know, after the show, they get me in the ring. Come on. Tr- you know, take a bump. Try to take a bump. Take a bump. Oh, you see him take that bump. That was good, man. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, throw, you know, throw that bait out there. Yeah, yeah. Real, you're real a natural man. kid. You're a natural. You're you're good at this. We're gonna. Yeah, you don't even need to train anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um, well, I mean, I didn't even get that. You know, too much training off the bat. You know, it's kind of like that. Um. Because, you know, we we started doing that, and I, I, I did get training. Um, I got my training good. for free, actually. You know, most guys, oh, they have to, yeah, they have to pay. Um, but my training was for free, 
in the back of a country cooking restaurant behind the kitchen. What? <laughs> yeah. Um, a, good, a good buddy of mine, um, uh, he worked in WCW, Air Paris. Okay, okay. He, okay. he tagged with AJ Styles in WCW in Very cool. uh, 2000, 2001, you know, in the dying days. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. Paris worked there as a cook, as well as one of the, you know, promoters that had the dollar signs in his eyes. He was actually the owner. Okay. The promoter on the restaurant, and he had a wrestling ring back behind the kitchen anyway. So, <laughs> I yeah, love the United this, States. <laughs> yeah, so you, you, you had like this, you know, nice, you know, it looked like a Cracker Barrel when you walked in, and then there was a pair of those swinging doors that went through the kit to the kitchen. You went yep. through that, and there was another pair of swinging doors. And you know, <laughs> you got an old time. It just looked like a you know dark warehouse, you know, with an old wrestling ring in it. Right. So, okay. You know, you're, you're you're sitting there trying to enjoy a nice peaceful lunch with your family, and then you hear screaming coming from the back. <laughs> It's like it's like eating at the at the at the Hart family mansion. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, you know, Sunday after church, you know, you go you go to get you something to eat. So, what are you guys planning on doing for the rest of your day? Ah! <laughs> so, so okay, so you get trained. What was your first match like? Who? What was your first match like? Okay, so. I, I trained maybe I, – I got a few few months in there. We'd go up multiple times a week. Um, another indie – not my – well, my buddy that was an indie wrestler, he'd come with us. But uh, I got Amy Mark Phillips. He mostly trained me. Um, Air Paris, he had a bit of a hand. And, you know, had a bunch of guys, you know, all over the place. Because a lot of it was, you know, kind of like learning as you go, look, you know, on the job stuff. But my first match uh, – was actually kind of a training match against my first real booking the next night, right? So my first mm-hmm. match was was against my in, indie wrestler buddy in front of about fifteen people. Was he also a little person, <laughs> or was he was he full sized? Was he? Uh, I'm sorry. Was, was he also a little person, or was he? No, all, no, he, he, oh, he was normal size. I'm sorry. Yeah, okay, I, did so not, he's... I, I didn't come across another little person in the wrestling business for a while. Really, really? So yeah, th- and, and then and then you finally meet one, and then you know they're like, "Oh, we could make a lot of money together." Well, you could, um, <laughs> and you know you exchange contact information, but then you know it turns out they're a crackhead or something, and mm. you never hear from them. I don't know. They're, they're, especially down here in the south, a lot of the guys were totally unreliable. Um, <laughs> it's the wrestling <laughs> business. Nobody's reliable yeah. in the wrestling business. But uh, anyway, you know, I kind of had what I thought of as like a, you know, a training match in front of, you know, this smaller crowd, you know, against my against my friend. Uh, yes. The first night to prepare for my big, you know, my big competition the next night uh, for like my first like official, you know, booking that had been advertised and all this. Mm. And it was against this. I'm not even kidding. Like five hundred plus pound. I mean, this dude was huge. I can't. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I, I'm only one hundred fifty four pounds. I'm four foot eight, so I can't really gauge fat people weight. But right. This right. guy was uh, at least four fifty. A monster. Plus. He was a monster. He, he was a monster biker, like as biker as you could think. You know. I mean, th- th- this. Did you, you know, beat he, him? Th- th- this was a grizzled. <laughs> 
you know, he, he was a veteran in the wrestling business, you know. Did he put you, know, you over? I mean, he, he, he was, you know, in this grizzled in his 50s, big 450-plus pound biker. You know, <laughs> he, he, he's he got the, um, uh, oh, come on, uh, what, what am I thinking? Uh, business in the front, party in the back. Mullet. Yeah, he had a yes, mullet. mullet. A mullet. Yeah, yeah, he had the yeah, yeah, he had the mullet and everything. <laughs> uh, and his name, Skinny Kenny Arden. <laughs> Great, that's awesome. Did he so, put you over? Did you win? Yes, yes, I did win the match. Right? It was totally terrifying. I got there, and you know, like I said, the night before, I had my first match well yeah, I, yeah. I get there i get in the locker room you know i shake kenny's hand obviously i'm terrified right yeah yeah um i, I do what i'm told you know you're supposed when you go into the locker room you're supposed to shake everybody's hand and introduce yes. yourself and all that you know it's a common yep. respect uh, locker room yeah respect yep. respectful thing. uh locker yeah. room courtesy so we meet we start going over what we want to do and like i've i've got a couple of ideas but you know i'm letting him because this is my first time doing any of this, right? Dude. So I'm listening to him and everything, and then he stops and he goes, this ain't your first time, is it? <laughs> no, no, sir. <laughs> and technically, technically, I was not lying. Fair enough, fair enough. Now, <laughs> did you work Did you work babyface or heel? Were you the babyface? Oh, no, oh, dude, I was babyface. I mean, somebody my size, I was adorable. <laughs> but you know, see, you're, I, you're, I'm not gonna pass. I wouldn't pass off as a heel against you know, great big. I, I, I worked with you as a heel. We were heels, brother. <laughs> now, now when it comes to uh, people smaller than me, you know where I've got the advantage. That's when you know uh, I kind of starts to come out. Fair enough. So, when did you find your first midget wrestling? company to to work with just other midget wrestlers yeah so there were are uh, th- at the time there were basically i think two companies out there there was micro uh championship wrestling out of florida that johnny g had um oh there was also the half pint brawlers and then there was uh, extreme midget wrestling out of texas okay okay well excuse me they were based out of oklahoma city at the time mm-hmm. the promoter sent me a message and yeah, of course, this is like some shady as, you know, hell, uh, <laughs> yeah, but, you know, yeah. messages me, you know, you know, about a sweet deal, good money coming out for a couple of weeks. I'm still in college at the time, uh, mm-hmm. but he messaged me about uh, some bookings and pretty much all over. It was all over the Midwest, Oklahoma, Texas, uh, all over, really. Um, and I had a two weeks off for my spring break. Okay. So okay. I was like, you know, I'm still in school right now, but I've got the spring break off. Um, so I can come out for these dates. I'd never been on a plane before. <laughs> wow. Of that. Yeah. So I was like, I just have somebody drop me off at the airport. This is my first time. And, you know, I just do what's on the paper, you know, yeah. go where people kind of like point me. I fly halfway across the country to you know, I got a I got a ticket in my email. I've never met the person or anything, you know. Right. I could yeah. be getting abducted. <laughs> you know, the guy could be trying to like steal me to go work in a chocolate factory. <laughs> so 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 how did that go? How did it go? The, uh, the first well, yeah. Was good? So I I fly in I, I flew into DFW and you know like I'm 
the guys are late, and, you know, obviously I'm freaking out because I just flew halfway across the country. Right. But then finally, this old busted van hauling a, you know, big trailer pulls up. <laughs> that sounds familiar. I, yeah, and then out <laughs> pops, like, eight little people. <laughs> hey, uh, you, you, Chris? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I... Yeah, I, I, I guess I think you're looking for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, OK, I have to so, so wait, then, then it was like, you know, OK, I guess I got where I needed to go. <laughs> yeah. So so what was that like for you then? What was that like for you then to the, for the first time to be in a group like a, a, a company of all little people? That's very different than being in the back room against a 500 pound monster. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. Because um, for a while there. I was only wrestling big guys. Right. Uh, big right. people. I, I, was, I was a baby face the, the entire time because, you know, I wouldn't be able to get over as a heel being, you know, just my size. No, big, no. You know. Right, right. Um, so I mostly worked baby and like I was doing I, I was doing things I didn't even need to be doing because it would have been so it was so easy for me to get over just you know, doing the basic stuff that you needed to do. But, you know, I wanted to go the extra mile. You know, I didn't want to just be a little person that got by in the business. Just at that time, like, Samson, he he was, you know, doing spots for WWE, but he wasn't Short, doing much, like wrestling Samson. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, like, there wasn't really any guys out there that could work that were in shape, you know, that were, and I wanted to be that guy. Right, right. Uh, you, you know, but I was constricted to being, you know, a baby face for the longest time. And, but just to, you know, because I still wanted to give it my all. And like, I was doing stuff like letting the guy suplex me on concrete. Like every match, it's always like, you know, suplexes on concrete. And because, so here we know, are. They're, they're, they're going <laughs> to get so much heat, you know. Yeah. The, the yeah. big guy is. For suplexing the little guy on concrete. Oh, absolutely. Or, or like my very one of the very first. I, I actually have to back up a little bit. Sure, sure. Uh, to the first match that a majority of my family came to. <laughs> okay. And I didn't even know my family was coming to this, but I was um, I was booked in a hardcore match. First hardcore match I'd ever had. That's a great I, one to bring your family to. Yeah, I, I, had, I had never, I had never been in a hardcore match. I had never bled. Uh, you know, I had never did anything like that. First time. So, yeah, I'm sorry. This is why I have to back up because this is just such a good story. Please okay? share it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. First of all, so in in wrestling, you know, um, we have a certain way. Like people outside of the wrestling business, they may mistake the blood as fake blood, right? No, no, it's real. It's You're, absolutely you know, real. Exactly. Oh, it's, you've got a blood packet hidden somewhere <laughs> in your trunks, or and it's no. just, it's just it's something not combusting. Until You're, you you're hiding something, but it ain't blood. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyway, in wrestling, the blood is real. Yeah, uh, and there's two ways you can either get that blood. There's the hard way, which is just, you know, boom, 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 uh, you know, getting it done the, the hard way. And I mean, that yes. in a literal sense. Yeah. And then yeah. there is also what we call uh, blading or gigging, blading. you know, yep. um, call it the gimmick, whatever, yep. which is, you know, you, you take a little piece of razor, razor blade, you, you mm -hmm. know, wrap it in your wrist tape, 
Yep. And then you can hide that little bitty razor blade just about anywhere. Some guys hide it in their wrist tape. Some guys hide mm-hmm. it in their mouth. Uh, I don't know guys, why they do that. I, that I know. I could me. not do that. No. No, no way. And some guys even, you know, I see them hide it like in the band of their trunks, but I would still worry about it like falling down and like. It's bad and it's bad I, enough in your wrist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, can't, I can't imagine like having to work a match and I'm having to worry about a little bitty razor cutting up my butt yeah. in the process. <laughs> You know, so so how did you do it? How did you do it? Did you blade yourself or did you have okay. him blade you? So, well, by this point, I had been in the business for about eight months and nobody okay. had ever told me what kind of razor blade to use. I knew the process, but I you know, this was like I feel like I should know this by now. And I'm going to sound stupid if I ask one of the other guys this. Oh, no. By this point, at this time, like, I was touring with uh, Ted Allen all the time, you know. Mm-hmm. This was an old grizzled veteran. He worked for uh, Jim Cornette, Smoky Mountain Wrestling. He trained Arn Anderson. Yep. You know, I oh, had wow. been, yeah, I had been uh, traveling around with Ted a lot. <laughs> well, I'm talking to, so I didn't want to ask anybody. And, like, I, I went through multiple different kinds of razors, Try to figure out what kind I'm supposed to be using. I bought some disposables, and, like, I'm trying to cut the razors out of the disposables, you know, that you just shave your face with. And, like, I'm cutting my hands all up. That didn't work. And I'm like, (laughs) what did you do? And, like, I still was like, I'm not going to ask anybody. But um, I I was a Boy Scout, right? I'm an Eagle Scout. Okay. And I had a wood carving kit (laughs) from when I was in Scouts. Oh, no. do, do, Do you know what an X Facto knife is? Yes, yes, you were using one of those? No. <laughs> yes. No. Come on, man. I, I, it, this was like a big, like, two-inch-long blade. And you, what, you, you didn't tape I, that in your wrist, did I, you? I, 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 dude, I mean, I made sure to, like, put layers and layers and layers <laughs> of wrist tape on, right? Yeah. Before, and then I put the blade in, and I thought that was going to be enough. Uh-huh. I put, the, so, you know, I... I wrap my arm up real good. I put the uh, blade in and, you know, I put the tape in to make sure it's secure. And I'm talking to Ted Allen. uh, Again, like I said, you know, he was older guy, uh, train Arn Anderson and big boss man, Ray Taylor, big less. He, uh, he was a big legend in this area, but anyways, I'm talking to Ted. And then one of the guys runs out, Hey dude, your music hit. I'm like, Oh shit. And then I look at Ted and goes, Ted goes, get out there. I clap my hands together and that X-Facto blade popped out Assassin's Creed style and (laughs) stabbed me right in the palm. Oh, God. I have a scar in my palm. From your, oh, no. So you're already bleeding before you get to the mat. I go, oh, and Ted's like, what? Blood just starts pooling in my hand. Ted oh, goes, well, there ain't nothing you can do about it now. Your muse is going. He wrapped up some paper. He, he got some paper towels and just like wrapped my hand up. And oh, I went no. through the curtain with blood already pouring out of my hand. Oh. And when I advertised this match, you know, like Facebook, this was like when MySpace was over. Facebook's just, you know, kind of getting there. And this is before the invasion of old people. <laughs> to Facebook, basically. Yeah. If, you okay. know what I mean? Before yeah, your yeah. aunt and your grandma decided to get a Facebook account, right? When right, it was cool. Right. Yeah. Uh, like, I knew my cousins were coming because they had sent me messages and asked. But when I went through the curtain, 
My entire family, minus my grandmother, was there. Whoa. I kid you not. My All my aunts, all my uncles, my cousins. I go through the curtain. I've already got blood pouring out of my hand. And I'm kind of in a daze at first because I look. I remember my cousins sitting to the right. And they're, you know, like the entire row is my family. And, like, I'm looking at them. I'm like, okay. And, you know, I'm just kind of clapping them with, you know, the non-bloodied hand. Yeah. And then I turn Boom. Unprotected chair shot right there, beginning of the match. <laughs> oh, gosh. And my, my uncle, who had been, shoot, he'd been riding hard on me about, you know, wrestling being fake. Uh-huh. <laughs> when I came out, he had like this, you know, he had his legs crossed and like this smirk on his face. Like, yeah. you know, we'll see what's up. But yeah. as soon as that happens, oh, that he entire, was into it. Oh, that entire demeanor. <laughs> oh man. So, so did you end up blading yourself during the match? Later, did you still go yeah, back I, to it? Yeah, yeah, I, I did. Yeah, I mean, after, <laughs> after, after I stabbed myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, guy put me in the trash can. I managed to get it out. Get a, get a few good scar. Uh, get a few good ones in. Yeah, I was paranoid about that spot too because they were like, "Don't be be careful now when you're in the trash can." Because we had another guy that was in a trash can, and we were doing a trash can spot where he was supposed to blade, and basically he'd be in the trash can, and somebody hit the trash can with a chair, right? And then uh-huh. he comes out, and he's bleeding. Well, he was inside the trash can, and he was fixing up the blade, and when the guy hit the chair, the blade, he was still trying to, you know, make himself bleed. And oh, the blade, no. it went into his eyeball. <laughs> So I was really terrified about that, but yeah, thankfully, you know, eyeballs were harmed. Oh my goodness. So just just, just my, just, just my contacts. Cause I still wrestle with contacts in, but uh-huh. like I learned after a while that especially with blood, like, you know, when blood gets in your eyes, you know, you can kind of like try to like blink it out and everything, but with your contacts, it washes over the contact lens and then you just oh. can't see anything. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. So let me guess then. Um, See, it's interesting because you bring up about being in a trash can to yeah. to do this, but like, because with big wrestlers, you can't fit them in a trash can. So you were like full body in the trash can doing this. Yeah. Like they put you fully in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Like, like, I was like, well, I was like, you can. The only thing you could see were my legs dangling out. Uh, okay, okay. And so- and the guy that was, you know, that that was uh, crushing the trash can with the chair. This was another, you know, big guy that's like 350 plus, plus pounds, you know. Oh, so this wasn't a, this wasn't another little person wrestler. This was, uh, this was oh, again this, against the Yeah, no, this, this was guy. another big, yeah, this was another big guy that I had this hardcore match with. Talk about heat. Oh so, my goodness. So Talk yeah, like, oh, you know, all the people that are like, you know, make sure you don't stab your eyeball out. <laughs> oh man. So. Yeah. So, so for how long were you wrestling big guys until you were predominantly wrestling? So little it guys? was it was probably about a year and a half before I got that message from Extreme Midget Wrestling, the yeah. mystery promoter, you know, that sent me a yeah, plane yeah. ticket. And I just mysteriously got on my first plane and you know went across the country. Yeah. Um, I toured with them for two weeks. You know, it was, I, you know, you. 
in the little person wrestling business, you know, you're wrestling every single night, you know. There's no rest. At, at least like There's six, no rest. six nights a week at least. So for yeah. that two weeks, you know, I was on my I came out on my spring break and I'm wrestling every single night. Uh, bars, nightclubs, <laughs> conventions, uh, stadiums, and I absolutely loved it. <laughs> and that was my downfall. Uh oh, yeah, yeah. Because the, the that vices. is <laughs> That was when I decided, and well, that's when I realized I can do this for a living. Yeah, yeah. I love wrestling, and these people are paying me good money to wrestle, and I can do this for a living. So why am I still going to college? Ah, uh, yes. Okay. So that, did you drop out? I know people are usually like, you know, well, you know, you, you need to finish college first to have something to fall <laughs> back on. Right, but right. At that time, I already knew I was going to wrestle when I got out of college, and right. I had no like I had already gone through four years of college, and I still didn't know what I wanted to do. You know, I didn't want to be like Fair. a professional college student. You know, <laughs> right, right, yeah. And so I'm just racking up these. You know, the, college is expensive in America. You know, and I'm just racking it's up expensive all these... in Canada. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's... Yeah, And I'm just racking up, you know, all these student loans and everything. And I'm like, why am I still doing this? If I don't know what I do, want to do. And right, right. The, the only thing I know I want to do right now is wrestle. Well, you know, so that, it, that was that was when I, you know, caught that bug. Like, well, I know I'm going to be wrestling when I get out of here anyway. So why does it matter? <laughs> so so once you started going into you, you started as a baby face. Was that under the gimmick of little Bo Duke? Were you little Bo Duke at that point? Yes, I was. You've been doing your homework. I have. I do my homework. Yes. You were little Bo <laughs> yes. Duke before. Yeah. Uh, when I first got over to Extreme, um, well, I, I was still wrestling as two tall shorts on the independence at the time. Two tall shorties? Two tall shorts. Yeah. Okay. When, I was re- when I was wrestling all these, you know, big guys, yeah. I was too tall. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> What so, was your what was your theme music? What did you have for your theme music for Too Tall? Oh God, what was your theme? I, I hated it. Uh, I don't even want to say it. <laughs> don't tell me it was Skilo or something. <laughs> have a little love on a little honeymoon. You got a little, <laughs> I love it. You got a little spoon. Oh, Alan Jackson's that. little bitty. That's kind of you know awesome. <laughs> yeah, oh, of course. God, yeah, I hated yeah. it because it's like, you know, I, I wanted, I wanted to burst out and be doing some Shawn Michaels. Stuff thing. Yeah. yeah. You know, I wanted to power up the crowd and I'm coming out to, it's all right to be a little bit. Oh. Yeah. So, I hated it. <laughs> so you're, so as, as little Bo Duke, then you must've come out to the Dukes of Hazard theme, right? Yeah. So when I got over to Texas and, we were talking about because I was working around all little people, you know, now yeah. it was like, OK, we got to change your gimmick up and it's got to be every everybody's got a gimmick. You know, it's got to be extra gimmicky. And, yeah. oh, you're from Georgia. Dukes a hazard. Perfect. That's and I, I had blonde hair at the time, too. I had highlights in my yeah. hair. Yeah. So they were like, yeah, Bo Duke, blonde hair. You're from Georgia. <laughs> and I thought it was, oh, my God, so stupid because, you know, Dukes of Hazards <sighs> from after my it's after my time. I'm sorry. Dude, you know what I would have done with you? If you're blonde, you had long hair, you're from Georgia. Yeah. Why aren't you little Michael Hayes, little Freebird? I mean, like, you know, why why didn't we go with that? That, that would have made more yeah. sense, right? Like a little Freebird, yeah. little Michael see, Hayes. See, and what they ended up making me do is 
we we were at like a Dollar General or something, and somebody found a Confederate towel. Oh, this this, <laughs> this will go great with your gimmick. And like, I I I, I mean, I don't want to get like political or anything, but like, I mean, I I was brought I was brought up in a conservative household and all that. Yep. And, but yep. you know, like most people, you know, going through college, you kind of go a little bit more, you know. College is where the liberal ideas kind of start seeping in and stuff, yep, you know? Yep, yep, yep. Uh, so, you know, then, then people, you know, they kind of, you know, go whichever way they want from there. Right. Uh, but it was – crap, I lost my train of thought again. No, that's okay. That's okay. So you had the Confederate towel. Oh, uh, that yeah. They gave so you. you're like, yep. okay, yeah, you, you have to use that. And I'm like, I know I don't want to use that. No. I, I totally get guys, you know, like Tracy Smothers could pull it off, okay? Yeah, yeah. Um yeah. but he was Tracy Smothers. Yeah, yeah. But I'm also the person I'm from Georgia and like when I was in high school, there's still people wearing these Dixie Outfitter shirts with the Confederate flag on it. And mm-hmm. racism is still very much entrenched in, you know. I mean, there's been a lot of progression just since I got out of high school, you know, almost 20 years ago. Right. But, you know, still. It's sensitive. At at, at the time, then, I guess in that aspect, coming from where I was, I was a bit more progressive, though, because I was like, I no, I don't want. No, no. I I, I don't want to carry that towel around. You're going to get me shot. Well, (laughs) there's there's better ways to get heat, you know, and there's better ways to get heat. And you were you were a baby face, weren't you, as little Bo Duke or was little Bo Duke a heel? He was a baby yeah, see, I, th- there was so much we could have done, but there was just like a couple of arrogant guys that had been doing this for uh, however many years. And, you know, yeah. they, you know, what they said goes, you know, bookers, man, bookers. Uh, <laughs> so they, they, they forced me to use like, I, like I said, I'm somebody that like, I think the flag should be burned, buried, you know, traders could have been worse. Could have been worse. Slavery. Yeah, all that you know. They uh, could have had you come out in blackface or something. That would have been worse. I did not want to carry this flag or have anything associated right. with my persona. Or yeah, I mean, Duke's yeah. Hazard was cool for its time. Okay, now, for the eighties. No. Yeah, and for that now, yeah. no, not so, not so much. Um, so how long until you changed gimmicks? Until you were able to change? Yeah, the it was. Well, it. I had to wait for those couple arrogant old guys to get out of the business to uh, and okay. leave the company, to be honest with you. Oh, my God. I remember uh, one of the guys. Um, I know he's not going to be listening to this. Uh, his name was uh, Bad Boy B, Bad Boy Brian. Okay. Of course, you probably never heard of him. Nobody's heard yeah. of him. Okay. And it's not I, B. I don't, Brian I, 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 I don't want to yeah. like, target people, but, you know, he's – he can try to call the shots and force people to do stuff. And I've been in the business for 20 years. I was trained by little Cato. Well, dude, first of all, okay. I'm friends with little Cato uh-huh. and he hates when bad boy, Brian tells people that, you know, he trained him. Oh, <laughs> like, okay. oh my God. I hate it so much. You know, the dude <laughs> doesn't know what he's talking about. He, you know, he was ever, <laughs> I mean, it was like that for all the guys, you know, when I, I, I got there. Um, like I said, I get there. There's all these little people around and mm-hmm. everybody's like bald, <laughs> overweight, uh, like bad. <laughs> de- they, they're all, you know, horrible dental issues. And 
like I said, you know, I wanted to be, you know, this guy with the body, the hair. I wanted to be that first guy, you know, that first little person yeah. wrestler, you know, that was not just a little person wrestler. You know, I wanted to be a mm-hmm. professional wrestler that just happened to be a little person. Right, right. And, yeah, it's just like all these older guys and everything when I first got in. And literally, the only thing they do were body slams and suplexes. That Those are the only bumps, body slams and suplexes. Mm. And Bad Boy B, I had to work him on one of those tours where I was out for spring break. I had to work Bad Boy Brian the whole time. And, oh, God. <laughs> oh, I lost you. Oh, there you are. There you're back. <clears throat> he, uh... I, I remember I sat down with him because I wanted to change up one of the spots. Uh, he had, you know, he had all these spots that he wanted to call and I, he, he wanted to start out every single match where just, you know, immediately he gets on the top rope, does something. I get up on the top rope. I do something. He comes up behind me, gives me a low blow straight off the bat, you know, heel. <laughs> what a heel. Just like the most basic of basic stuff. And, and I'm like, you know, can we like add on to the like? Can we do something where like I insult you a little bit to like? Why are you going straight for like a low blow and me being down at the very beginning of the match? Right, right. You, you right. know that's not. And the guy, oh, he did not like that. <laughs> <laughs> and there, there, there was another spot. Where he, I, I would, you know, he'd give me a drop toe and I would take a face bump. He would mm-hmm. get on my back like a horsey ride. He would stick his finger in my butt crack. Oh, no. And then wipe it underneath my nose. Oh. Every night it made me nauseous. I was going to throw up. I okay, told him I didn't yeah. want to do that spot. I, I told him I don't want to do that spot anymore either. That's a violation. We we yeah. have to take that spot out. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh. What, what is this? No, but pe- people love that spot. I'm like, no, you love that spot. I've been doing this for 20 years. I'm like, yeah, so you can, I mean, we, I, I can't influence. change it up. But are you yeah. saying I don't know ring psychology? Uh, I'm like, no, I'm not saying that. Oh, would you, would, would, would you tell a veteran of the business in 20 years how to, you know, run a match? Would you tell Shawn Michaels how to, uh, you sir are was, not Shawn Michaels. He, he knew <laughs> Shawn Michaels was my guy, right? That, uh, yeah. that was like my favorite wrestler. That I, I was going to ask, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, when I came in as a little person with that good body and the rocking yeah. hair, I wanted I yeah. wanted to be that little person, Shawn Michaels. Right, okay. But, he, he, but yeah, he, he cut in there. Would you tell Shawn Michaels, you know, how to work mm. a match? I'm like... No, first I mean that's ludicrous to even. Yeah, but I was just like, dude, you're nowhere near and no <laughs> universe, <laughs> no Shawn Michaels, and oh, didn't he go well. Hated, hated that man. But did they did they put you I with mean, someone eventually, else? I, eventually, I just ended up working with somebody else for the rest. That's of that yeah, that makes more sense. Uh, but those guys kind of had to go, and I got to the point where I started growing my hair out, and my hair was getting a lot little longer. It was still blonde. But uh, we were doing a show in Dallas, and the owner of the company, he was, you know, there for the show, and he's like, you know, now that your hair's longer, and, you know, you got the body now and everything, because, you know, I was looking good by this time. (laughs) He's like, we should call you Fabio. There it comes. There it is. Huh? 
Yeah. yeah, Fabio. You know, Fabio, I had no idea who Fabio was. He's like, you know, the romance <laughs> novels. Yeah, you know, yeah. The, the, the butter guy. I can't yeah. believe it's not butter. I'm like, so I look it up and I'm like, oh, dude, you can't be serious. <laughs> He's like, yeah, man, I think we're, we're going to make you Fabio. <laughs> so, so it's stuck. Like, right, fine. We'll, we'll try it one night. We'll see how it goes. And. You know, the music hits, they announce, you know, he announces some ludicrous stuff, you know, about, you know, me with a body and something <laughs> with the romance. And I can't even remember. But, you know, we do the Fabio gimmick, the, the crowd pops and uh, the women were so into it. And just by, by the end of the night, you know, I came backstage and I'm like, I, I'm keeping the I'm keeping this. <laughs> yeah. <I'll go. laughs> and that's, so- that's what that's what I stuck with. Uh, so, so when you switched to little Fabio, what was what was your theme music then? Wasn't it Poison? Didn't you have or Motley Crue? Yeah, by yeah. Uh, by that time, I had thankfully moved away from Little Bitty. <laughs> and, yeah, because you, you, um, you have don't need nothing and but a since, good time. Was that you? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's your song. Here's the other thing. That's the other thing I hated about Little Bo Duke. As Little Bo Duke, you know what they made me come out to? What? What? Just some good old boys. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so it was. It was more of the same thing. So you can't get hyped stuck, to that. Yeah. I'd been stuck with this horrible country oh. crap for so, you know the entire time. So I was trying to move out of that, and by that time uh, I had started using "Nothing But a Good Time" by Poison. Great song. Great, great song oh, to come out to. Yeah. And it, it just. Uh, and it, it, it just stuck, and you know, I, I got the, you know, I, I when I make my way out to the ring, you know, I've always got, you know, a way I move and this little dance that I did, yeah. And uh, uh, I didn't even get it irritates me because I didn't even get it perfected until you know a couple years ago when you know I was started working for Micro, yeah. Uh, you, you know, I got these neon tights, I had this fur vest. So like when I would come out, you know, I'd get up on the apron, I'd do my little thing, then I would get in the ring, I would spin around while slowly unshimmying the vest, you know. Yeah, yeah. And and then I'd get up on the top rope to take my uh I had these uh sunglasses that were in the shape of, shape of stars. Oh, okay. You know? Okay. Yeah, so yeah. I'd get up on the top rope, take those off all sexy like. <laughs> Oh, it was a great entrance. <laughs> so uh, when when we worked together, I think you you had like a robe or a house coat or something. Didn't you have like a robe? That yeah, at that, at, yeah, at that time with the Midget Wrestling Warriors, uh, Samson thought I should come out with a bathrobe. Yeah, I remember so, that. So yeah. yeah, I was I was doing a weird bathrobe thing, and the thing mm. was, it's I called this my my Midget Wrestling Warrior face because you know I went from wrestling full time and. I, I I don't want to throw shade on anybody again because oh, I like yeah, it's all good. because I, I like short sleeve Samson you know he's a, yeah, he's a good yeah. friend of mine he's very talented but when yeah yeah he is um but when I went to start working for him um mm-hmm. you know I came from extreme where I was wrestling full time right and right again wrestling for a living when I came you over to the, the Warriors bookings. yeah when I came over to the Warriors. Samson's promising me work. Uh, that first one I did, we did two and a half weeks in Alberta. It was amazing. Right. 
Uh, I think that's uh, where we met, that was, right? That, yeah, yeah, that's we not, met. The, the, the one at the one at, actually, yeah, the one at Christmas time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we 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 went to the mall in Calgary, right? Yeah. So uh, no, we so when I worked a tour with you, uh, I drove the RV and uh, uh, with the trailer. We did oh, okay. Yeah, we did Lethbridge one night, and then the next night we went to Medicine Hat, did a community yeah. center there. And then we came mm-hmm. back to Calgary and did Cowboys again. So we did a lot of shows at Cowboys in Calgary. Oh, okay. and that place was popping off every time we'd go. Oh, okay, right. So I, this yeah. would have been the, the next year then. So, yeah, I had already oh. been gaining weight by this point. <laughs> but because it, it was at the end of 20, I know 2015, I was uh, the last time I worked with Extreme. I know that mm-hmm. for a fact. So it was probably the next Christmas with the Warriors that I met you, but that um, mm. that first Christmas tour that I did with them the year before, you know, like two and a half weeks show every single night. You know, everybody's making good money. It's great. Everybody, you know, it, I can't under, understate like how great of a group of individuals this was. Totally. Uh, people to tour with, you know, they're like family and, you know. Totally. Like, uh, Rob the Giant, Prince Akeem, uh, you yep. know, I love those guys. Shovelhead Chuck. Um, well, and also Samsung. Uh, E-Money, rest in peace. You know, yeah, e- uh, e- yeah, yeah, Eddie, um, he, he was a good friend of mine. Uh, he was on that tour with us. Yeah, that's actually who I was wrestling in. He sadly passed away a few years ago. Yeah, that's right. Well, and I, I was we were talking before the show about going into these towns because you and Eddie. Mm-hmm we're working an extreme match. And so it was, it was <laughs> we, we would pull into Walmart because Walmart has these big parking lots. So it was easy for me to park. Right. And I, I'll never forget it. Cause I'm, I'm six feet tall. I'm, I'm, I'm tall and uh, walking with a group of little people uh, into Walmart going and buying like plastic candy canes and plastic, you know, stuff for you guys to hit each other with. <laughs> and, and like, you know, and it was funny because it, it's like as a group together, you guys already draw a lot of attention, right? There's right. a lot of attention on you, but then it's like oh. little person, little person, little person, and then me, <laughs> and then little person, <laughs> little person. And so like, I'm like, you know, like the handler at this point. Yeah, you know? and, and then people are just going to start coming up to you because mm-hmm. And asking questions because they're going to assume that you own us or something. Yeah, like, like I'm like, I, hey, like are, these, I'm, are, are, are these like, your little people? Yeah, yeah it's, it's like, it's like I'm, I'm Willy Wonka, and you guys are my Oompa Loompas. You know, it's it's like uh, it, it 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 was it was surreal. <laughs> it was very surreal, but it was also some of the best work I've ever had in my life. I oh, really yeah. truly loved working with oh, you guys. Amazing and, group of individuals. Yeah, and you and Eddie would do this extreme match. So the beginning of the night, I would come out, I would cut a promo with Prince Akeem, who was my charge, and uh-huh. uh, we would have our promo, set up the, the the title match with Samson, and then there would be another match, there would be a girls match, and then there was your match, yep. which was the extreme match, and then I'd come back out with Samson, uh, uh, with Akeem, Every night, you two sh- stole the show. 
It was like <laughs> I'd be in the back and I would just be hearing the crowd going bananas for what you guys were doing in there. And I remember. Well, I'm I'm glad to hear that because I can't hear. <laughs> <laughs> so so when I was when I and that's also the reason why this is an audio only podcast so that we can you know make sure everybody works out with this. But yeah, man, that was so surreal to me. And and so you know, you were my charge. I think you. I started managing you at the previous tour. I think the previous time, maybe in November mm-hmm. or October, you came to Calgary. And that's when uh, Samson wanted me to have my own um, stable. So I, I had mm-hmm. my own stable, and it was it was you and uh, Robbie the Giant and Prince Akeem. And so yep. it was like my mini my mini mini dynasty, and uh, it was great. You know, it, it was cool. Like, I I remember the robe. Because I was the one who had to take it off of you and then hand it oh, off. Oh, that's right. right? So, yes. Yeah. So, like, I had yes. a job. Uh, and I hated the world. <laughs> hey, man, I thought the But like I said, was it was thing. just, I, like, the, the time. I thought it, it was good. It, it, it was just, you know, like I said, I, I was coming from extreme. Mm-hmm. And I was promised all this work and stuff. And then after that first Christmas tour, that first amazing two and a half weeks, it's like, okay, what's the next tour? Okay, see you in a month. And then it's yeah. like, okay, we'll see you in three months. That's hard. And, That's and hard. And then suddenly it's like, okay, I'm just flying to a different country for just two shows and then back home. And That's then, tough. like, finally, you know, there was only, like, so I started putting on a lot of weight. So, like, when, right, I, watch, right. when I see pictures of me in, like, in the bathroom, I'm like, oh, that's my fat face. <laughs> my, my, that's what my, I knew. My, my, my face, I'm like, oh, that that, that was my midget warriors face see but that's what i thought was your gimmick i thought it was like oh yeah he's kind of a tubby guy he takes off the robe he's like i'm a ladies no! man <laughs> no i hated it because it's like see it's just like yeah you take the robe off and you look good when in reality <laughs> i do not but yeah man it was yeah. uh it, it was fun i had so much fun with you guys and, and oh, like you said yeah. it was like family and <clears throat> Um, as you know, as you know, uh, so that was in 2017, uh, no, 2016, 2017. And in late 2017 is when I had my reversion and I came back to the faith and I became, you know, became Catholic again. And, um, part of it was because of Samson and it was because before our shows, it always touched me that Samson would bring everybody together for a group prayer to keep us safe. And dude, that hit me because the thing is, is that in those shows, tons of stuff can go wrong. So many things can go wrong. And so to have the owner of the company pray for us for our safety before we go out, Man, that hit me hard. That 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 was a major yeah. part of my conversion. Yeah, because and I I think that's that's the only company I've ever worked for that did that. Did that? Yeah, and because, like you said, like most promoters, most bookers, you're a piece of meat for them. Do you know what I mean? Like oh, yeah. they, you you are just a body to be sacrificed in front of everybody. But with Samson, it was different. With Samson, it was a little different, at least at that, at, for me. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> what? Yeah. Well, it, it, and, I, and what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, 
I don't I I don't want to sound bitter, but the guy did lure me, promising me work that I didn't get. Well, I'm slowly going crippled. Uh, yeah, yeah. So. did you, you you know how many times I've talked to him since like, you know, I've been permanently disabled now. Zero. Uh, you know I'm how sorry, many yeah. you know how many of how many of those bumps you know were on his watch. Like Many. two years, of, like two years of that, dude. Uh, that's not cool. That's not cool. Hopefully, uh, see, now there, the there is one person, and I, I, I'm sorry for kind of sidetracking you a little. bit. No, that's, please, uh, because you're you, my you, guest. You, you, you do talk about you know promoters thinking of you as you know a piece of meat. Mm-hmm. Um, the owner of Micro Wrestling, uh, Jack yes. Killigas. Yes, he has continued to support me while I'm still like I'm still waiting on disability because I couldn't take care of myself or anything. After wow. I, I had a spinal cord injury. And right now mm-hmm. he still supports me. OK, he, okay. you know, sent, sends me money to help out with all the doctor's bills. Wow. And everything, wow. Calls to check in, even though I don't have anything to give him. You know, he's still calling to check in and he's That's making cool. sure I'm OK. You can't say Tell that me- for another promoter. Tell me more about micro wrestling then. Tell me more about about that company and and when what because they run a show like a tourist attraction, correct? Like it's it's for tourists right. to come, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, unfortunately, I, I didn't start working with micro full time until uh, my last year of wrestling, um, unfortunately. But I, I had been doing. I still probably did more shows for micro. Uh, while I was still working for the Midget Wrestling Warriors at the same time, just because I wasn't getting any work, right, right, you know, from right. Samson, I yeah, was getting booked for micro more. But um, yeah. once I wasn't getting those bookings for from Samson, you know that he had been promising and everything. Obviously, okay, I've got no health insurance, I've got no income, I've got nothing. I actually had to get uh, a shoot job again, you know, trying to get out of the business and because my back and everything was getting so bad, dude. Right. Uh, so I got a job working at a bookstore at Barnes and Noble. Oh, okay. So, okay. Uh, yeah. So for I, I worked at Barnes and Noble part time for four years, trying to get out of wrestling mm-hmm. because of how bad my back was getting. And I, like, you know, my dad, he kept saying, well, you just, you got to stop wrestling. You got to get you a job somewhere with benefits so you can see a doctor. Cause that's right. the only way in America, you know, you have to get health insurance to see a doctor and everything. So yeah. I had actually gotten a job working at a bookstore part time uh, by this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one day hopes of having a position, maybe, you know, they'll give me a position with benefits. Right. Uh, right. Spoiler that never came and I had to quit and go back to wrestling and crippled myself. Oh, a so... year later. But anyway, um, I, I work at the bookstore part-time, and um, I'm doing some work with micro-wrestling. Um, they actually, they were, by this point, they were already, like, working more than any other midget wrestling company in the United States or Canada or anywhere for that matter. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm talking, you know, six shows a week, every week, all year. Wow. Like, wow. In, insane. And Jack, the owner of the company, he had been trying for years to get me to come work for him. You know, I would come out, do these shows probably two, three times a month. OK. You know, like I said, like I said, I was still I was still getting more work from them than I was Samson. And I was still mm-hmm. able to keep my job at the bookstore, you know. OK. Yeah. Um. 
So like, and I would do the shows for him and everything. And he would love my matches and be like, oh, dude, please. Oh, you got to come work for me full time. And I'm like, dude, I can't. My back is so bad. And he's like, dude, ugh, if anything ha- if anything ever happens, I'll take care of you. I promise. You know, and just for years, he, he was, every, every time I'd see him, ah, so when are you going to come work for me? Aww. And then, you know, he's getting bigger and bigger. And then we fi- he finally got his own building in this tourist town. It's a huge tourist town. And it's in, here in Tennessee, the right? It's yeah, in Tennessee. It's, uh, it, it's uh, you know who Dolly Parton is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Her hometown, uh, Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. It's oh, a huge okay. tourist attraction now, but it's where she's from. Okay, uh, P- okay. Pigeon Forge and Gatlinburg, Tennessee, right up the mountain. Okay. Is Dollywood so, near there now, or is, is Dollywood is, there, is, there is now? Or, doesn't she have a thing called Dollywood? Dollywood? Yeah, yeah. Dollywood's there. It's a big amusement park. Okay. Uh, amusement park, yeah. So yeah, yeah. when she built that there, you know, it kind of instantly became a big tourist spot. In cool, the south. okay. And now yeah. there's like all kinds of stuff. Uh, uh, so okay. you go down, you know, this big strip of road, and there's just all kinds of, you know, um, go kart rides, arcades, magician shows, uh, country theaters, um, gospel theaters. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, cracker Barrel, every other exit. <laughs> God, God bless that co- Cracker you, you Barrel, know, man. I love it, that it, it's, barrel. It's, like, it's like a hot spot family destination. Like here in the South, if you don't go to the beach, you go to the mountains. Ah, okay. And they okay. say when you go to the mountains, you go to Pigeon Forge and Gatlin. Ah, Mountain. okay. Well, so, the promoter he got a building in this major tourist town in Pigeon Forge. Very cool. Doing and we're doing. He's doing four shows a week for the tourists. Very cool. Um, because they, they were trying like all kinds of different stuff. Because uh, it's it's weird. First, you know. Touring all over, that's one thing, right? Because you just have to book the shows, plan your routes, and everything like that. Having a building in one place and putting on a show every single day. That's that is cool. A, it's a totally different animal. Yeah. And especially in a tourist spot because it's like, okay, when do the people come in for vacation? When do they leave? You know, and there's right. a constant fluctuation. So, it, the, you know, Jack tried to do seven days a week he tried five days a week he was running trying to do uh, run shows you know three days but twice three times you know those three days mm-hmm. uh and then we he ended up settling on the four times a week uh so you know for the tourists and then the other two days of the week so the guys would have an extra day off uh we would be on the road in the surrounding areas Okay. So you, okay. You, so, you, so you would be in Pittsburgh yeah, work. for four days, and then you yeah. would do road shows for two days. Have one okay. day to rest your body up, and then <laughs> you're back at the building for four more days and starting the cycle over. So no wonder your back is messed up. Yeah, that's. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, well, at the time, like he he got the building, and you know he's like, oh, it's nice, right? You know, he shows <laughs> me like he's got like a big. I mean, you walk by the building, it looks so nice. You know, you just got like this giant building it's got micro wrestling at the top um awesome. you could just see it man it's so my good. buddy my buddy and, went he went uh yeah. my old my old co-host oh, you went sent me, you sent me a picture You're, you, yeah, yeah he you went yeah he went and i i was like i i was like i don't know if 
I don't know if Lil Fabio will be there in the crowd or not, but I mean, you know, like yeah. uh, say hello. Well, but yeah, you when, weren't there for that one. Yeah, well, when you look at the building, um, the whole front is, you know, glass, like, you know, big glass pans or whatever. Yeah. Well, there's a big image of all of us, you know, going across. And, you know, so like my, you know, I'm taking up an entire pan of glass of my, nice. you know, and the promoter's like, yeah, nice. Right. You know, you walk <laughs> in, you see how beautiful the ring looks and the merch table and awesome. Uh, you know, he, then he had like my picture up on the wall. It's like, so you ready to come work for me full time yet? You know, <laughs> he rolled out the red carpet for you, man. But, yeah, yeah, yeah I, well, I mean, it's like that for like all the guys. I mean, I, I don't like to my horn or anything, but you know, he was like really trying to get me because you know I was one of the guys that could work. And uh, man, I just wish you could have seen me like when I could still like uh, actually like before the injuries you know yeah. started coming because uh, i had to just suggest my style like so uh, so much different. you know well that's uh, that's typical for a lot of but, workers a lot a lot of workers have to adjust their style it's almost yeah, like that, 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 that is true but that's usually over like a period of you know like 20 or 30 years not, yeah true you know what, you were very uh, abrupt yours yeah, was very yeah, abrupt not, yeah yeah i mean unfortunately i just made it 13 before i i just wrote it to the wolves fell off but yeah. anyway, they have this building in Pigeon Forge, and, you know, it's not cheap either. It's, you know, the rent's $9,000 a month. Woo! Yeah, so, I mean, you know we're being, you but know. But they're drawing. Successful. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're a draw being successful as a company and everything. And, uh, like, for, for example, uh, I think, I don't know what it was last year because I, I had already had my spinal cord injury. But the year before, you know, after I started working for him full time, we had reached like $2 million in merch sales. In merch? Just in merch? I mean, yeah. Wow. Just in merch. That's crazy. Indie companies do not do this. Like the other, and I I know, you know, you've got your experience with Samson. No, but I I have my own. If if you walked into this building, oh. (laughs) I'll tell you, man. Well, uh, I mean, uh, so, so yeah, I worked for Samson, but I don't know if you realize, like I, I also was a promoter. So I had my own company down here in Paraguay in 2015. Right. And we used to talk a lot about how awesome it would be to have our own building, to have yeah. our own show. Like yeah. I thought, Hey, you know, yeah, like, it, but, it's, it's just the, the financing. I mean, the, the money is the big thing. It's not cheap. No, no. And, Even here in Paraguay, it would be and that's, expensive. You know, one, one thing that was irritating me, too, was, you know, like, you know, we were doing a lot of work. You know, I was doing a lot of work for Samson at first. Mm-hmm. And I know that, like, these casinos are paying big money. But yeah, then they it's can like, be. Yeah. So what, what, what does he do? What is this building towards? Where is this money going? Where is, you know, what, what you know what I mean? Right, yeah. Is well, it just... I mean, I, I know for I know <laughs> I know what I know as a promoter, like it gets expensive, like it gets yeah. really expensive. So, for example, yeah. I had to have on site, I had to have the like fire department and like par- paramedics on site legally to run my show. I had to have mm-hmm. uh, medical per- personnel, and we used it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we had guys having to go in a in an ambulance from shows. 
and, you know, insurance and lights and sound mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. It's not cheap, but it's interesting about this micro wrestling thing. I always thought to myself, you, you know, um, you talk about tourism traps and stuff like, uh, do you remember medieval times, medieval times restaurant, which was like where they would do the, the nights and the jousts. Yeah. Well, uh, they, they have, uh, Dolly, uh, Dolly Parton. She has one of those things. Okay. So they, they so, are. So yeah, it's that kind of stuff. I always thought, man, how great would it be to have a wrestling dinner theater where you come and they serve you food uh, and then oh. see, that's exactly what Jack is trying to do. I think it's a good idea. He, he's he's so with with Jack. It's funny. Uh, he actually started micro wrestling way back in like 2008. Okay, uh, okay. but then he went to prison for a while. Oh, for okay. trafficking heroin, I think it was. Oh dear. Tra- tra- well, I don't know. He was trafficking <laughs> something, and then he went on the run for like a year and a half. Okay. Okay. So he went on. So he was a fugitive from the law, and then he <laughs> he finally went and owned up to Uncle Sam. Did his time. He spent. Yep. And he tells the story every time he gets drunk, you know. But and it, it's like a good success story for him, you know. He's he like turned I it spent, around. He's like I spent seven years in prison, and every single day I just kept thinking what I'm gonna do to put my company on the map. To you know, and just every day that's all he did, you know. For, for seven years in prison was think about yeah. how he was going to make his company put it on top. Wow. So he, and he, just, he, he got out, I think in 2016 and then in two, two years, three years, he had already built the company back up toward mm-hmm. enough to, you know, like get that building uh, in a major tourist town. Wow. And then to the point where when I, uh, when he finally got me to, you know, I finally had left the bookstore and I went to work for him full time. We ended up with two groups of guys. So like my group of wrestlers that is at the building in Pigeon Forge, we're mm-hmm. wrestling in Pigeon Forge, you know, four days a week. And then we're two, doing the two road shows a week and have a day off. We mm-hmm. have a second group uh, touring all across the country nonstop six days a week. Usually wow. Mondays would be their day off, but they're going six days nonstop. And then like Christmas time, you know, everybody gets, you know, three, four weeks to go okay. home for their families. And yep. I mean, you're going to, you're going to come and go whenever you want. I mean, there's always, you know, guys we can bring out, but right. I mean, the schedule, you know, the amount of work and, oh, he, Jack has just got this. Living the dream. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, just getting out of prison, you know, being on his A game, building the company back up to what it was getting a building uh he he bought an rv a ninety thousand rv a ninety thousand dollar rv in cash <laughs> he, he paid From it in cash with yeah. like out of like three shows that we did wow wow uh, that is... I, 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 uh, just before i came to work for him full-time like the year before we had a show here in uh near atlanta georgia at a place called cowboys right yeah, we packed the place out with like nineteen hundred people, and Whoa. made I think uh, he made like almost forty k off the door. That makes sense. Just the so, door. Yeah, so so he's, he, he's like, yeah, that one show that you worked that paid half the RV, and I paid it all. Holy cash. moly! <laughs> so, uh, he, so it's like he just constantly just kept evolving. You know, he gets out of prison, he gets the RV, then he gets he gets the building, then he has two groups. And you know what the next step is now? 
the dinner theater. Well, actually, <laughs> that that is, is what he's been working up to is he wants to have he wants to build. He doesn't want to rent a building anymore. He wants to oh, build his own own it. Yeah, he wants but to like, own the building and have a big building back. with one side he wants to have micro wrestling and on yeah. another side he wants to do a comedy club and a restaurant. This is ambition. I and love this. You can, you know, go yeah, back and no forth. kidding. Yeah, yeah. It's just like a whole so that's kind of like what he wants to get into. And like right now, he's got like a lot of stuff in the works. Uh there's actually a reality show coming out soon on a major network that I can't say yet. Interesting. Interesting. But so, uh, uh, it's already the the season is already finished wrapping. Fantastic. So, so is is Jack is Jack also like a worker? Is he a little person worker as well? Or um, is he... No, actually, uh, no. Jack is normal sized guy, really uh-huh. big, uh, huge jacked up dude. <laughs> by the way, um, so yeah, that's why people like are always. You know, they expect like the owner to be, you know, like little or something. And then it's like, well, you never know. You know you, are you, you Jack? And we're like, no, that guy's Jack. <laughs> <laughs> See, you know, point up. It's funny because, yeah, like the mix is always great. Like, because I, I approached Samson after working shows in Vancouver or well, Cloverdale right. with, uh, with, uh, with him. So I met him in Vancouver and uh, he brought uh, Prince Akeem with him to work the shows out there. We hit it off and I was current. I was living in Vancouver, but I was moving back to Calgary and we stayed in touch. And I said to him, I was like, Hey, you know, maybe you might want to think about like, I, I I can draw a lot of heat. I'm a, I'm a heat magnet as a, as a manager. I, I, I get heat. Great. And I thought like, Hey, you know, I'm six feet tall. And a six foot tall manager picking on and cheating against a, a, a midget wrestler, that's going to get more heat. And mm-hmm. that's where, you know, he's like, you know, let me think about it. And then he said, yeah, like he brought me in. And that's how I got to meet you. And I thought it was yeah. a good fit. I actually did. It worked well. <laughs> it, it worked yeah. really well. Um, and so, uh, you know, I can see where the mix is, but it always blows my mind how big a draw a, a little person match is it, it's it's because we yeah. talk in wrestling about spectacle so for example when andre the giant would come to town he would be a big draw andre the giant was a spectacle yeah but with uh midget wrestling that too is a spectacle a lot of yep. people have seen wrestling matches but have never seen a midget wrestling match ever and this is actually um, where I like, you know, when people would ask me, like, you know, do you think midget wrestling is derogatory or, you know, people are coming just to make fun of you or, you know, because I always get asked that question. A lot. Well, there's a lot of jokes. Um, yeah. The what humor I always come it. back with is I think of it as I, I love professional wrestling. Um, mm-hmm. There was n- Nothing else, you know, like once I got that bug, there was nothing else I wanted to do with my life. Right. So that's, you know, why the spinal cord injury sucks. Um, yeah. But uh, I, I thought of it as I love wrestling and I didn't used to watch, like I didn't even watch wrestling until high school. 
Oh, really? Because, okay. like, yeah, my, my, my dad, he liked amateur wrestling. He was an amateur wrestler in high school. And then okay. He, then, then he coached high school wrestling and stuff. Right, totally different so animal. So yeah. when it came to professional wrestling, you know, we don't talk about that around my dad, you know. <laughs> so it wasn't until high school, you know, like when, when my buddy that I had the match with, um, you know, kind of wrote me into it. And so for me, it, it was kind of like, I love wrestling and this is my opportunity to show, you know, to kind of get people to watch wrestling when otherwise, otherwise they would not never in a million years, even give it a chance. You know what I mean? Right. It's I, a gateway. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm, it's, it's, it's a gatekeeper. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, and, um, and it's interesting because when I worked with you, cause I had my brother come to some shows in Calgary, mm-hmm. my brother came and he was blown away. He said, man, these guys are really talented. I was like, I know, I know. This is, this is wrestling. This is real wrestling. This is really good stuff. And, and it, because, you know, I grew up, I grew up watching wrestling in the 80s and the 90s. And yep. in uh, oh, dude, WrestleMania 3. Favorite period. It's the best. Oh, it's the God. best. Like, because, yeah, yes, and like I said, I'm a late bloomer. I didn't start watching wrestling until high school, okay? You know when right. I started watching wrestling? The DX reunion in, like, 2006. Oh, wow. That, okay. That, so, yeah. You know, when they've got the feud, you know, with the yeah, McMahon yeah. and the Spirit Squad and all that. Yeah. yeah. You know, the, the, the funny gimmicks and stuff, you know. Yeah. I'd see, I'd see that, and, you know, my buddy would be watching it. And, Interesting. You know, I, that, and I got roped into it, you know? But my favorite periods to watch, even then, you know, being having not been exposed to it, my favorite wrestling is from the late 80s to early 90s. The golden era, yeah. I thought that was the perfect blend of it still being treated as a legitimate competition between two people mm-hmm. and a sport. Absolutely, uh, absolutely. You know, yeah. it, it, it was just, you know, before there wasn't too, you had your high spots, but there wasn't too many high spots. And more I mean, psychology, so more every, psychology. Every, yeah. Everything more. meant more. Yeah. Yeah. And you the know. gimmicks were, the gimmicks were brighter, bigger, uh, more common. Oh, oh, but, oh okay. Okay. Yeah. Maybe that's one thing that didn't age that well with some of the gimmicks. <laughs> yes. But so, uh, for example, um, the first, the first midget wrestling I ever saw was WrestleMania three. So King Kong Bundy with two midget wrestlers versus Hillbilly Jim and two midget wrestlers. And the heat that King Kong Bundy got for attacking a midget wrestler, I think it was Little Tokyo or um, Uh, Hayden Kid. Tokyo or Little Brook. Um, Haiti Kid? Haiti Kid? Uh, uh, What was it? The Haiti Kid? Who who, who was it that had the... um... Uh, Native American gimmick. Oh, uh, I think it? it was the Haiti kid. I'm, I'm not sure. I'll, I'll have to look it up. But uh, oh, I, no, little Beaver. I don't think he was in Little Beaver. Bro- yeah, Little Beaver. Okay. Yeah, Little yeah. Beaver's who I was thinking. Okay. <laughs> Which again, actually, I asked you before the show: Is it Lil Fabio or Little Fabio? And you said it's it's Little Fabio, right? Like it's it's not. Lil, <laughs> not depends on who you ask like if you google my name and you're gonna have multiple things pop up so <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was uh it was uh i, 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 I assumed it should be l-i-t-t-l-e yeah 
because I'm not a rapper. You know, I thought only <laughs> rappers should be doing the LIL. Exactly. It's not like little bow, little bow wow. You know. <laughs> it's uh, to, I just looked it up. I just looked it up. So it was Hillbilly Jim with the Haiti Kid and Little Beaver uh, versus King Kong Bundy. Little Tokyo and Lord Littlebrook. So yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. Three out of so four. three littles. There was three littles in one in, in one match uh, in the names. Uh, uh, Little Beaver, Little Tokyo, and Little Lord Littlebrook. When you go and watch any of the classic midget wrestling matches, do you, uh, have you gone back and watched some of the the the, the legends? Some of the, the 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 legends. Like who are some of the, in your opinion, who are some of the best midget wrestlers of all time? I mean, I, I would say like the best of the best would have to be uh, probably Lord Littlebrook. Lord Littlebrook, okay. Lord yeah. Littlebrook, yeah. I, but I mean, Lord Littlebrook, little, little, like the guys, some, you know, we just named Little Tokyo, yeah. Little Beaver. They're all great. Um, you know, uh, they're they were the ones that kind of paved the way for, I guess, I guess you would call them my generation. I don't want to sound old, but. Uh, <laughs> But because like, like I don't want to think of it as like my generation because like Lord Littlebrook he had uh, two sons that became wrestlers. Oh really? Uh, okay. Yeah, beautiful Bobby and uh, Little Cato. Oh um, okay, so, Little Cato who tra- who trained who trained uh, Bad Brown. <laughs> yes, <earlier>. Little Cato. <laughs> you know, yeah. that, that that's why he was name dropping him. Oh but, okay. Yeah, he he, he yeah. wanted people to know it was Lord Littlebrook's son that trained him. Right. Right. So. So he had two but, yeah, beautiful Bobby and um, Kato. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, Kato, he's like fifty, so he's like twenty years older than me. So I don't want to say it's the same generation. Right, right. Uh, but you, you know what I mean. I get it. Also, so um, uh, I always like to ask. So you've gone through all of this, and this is uh, this is mm-hmm. maybe you know one of the harder parts. But like you know, having to say farewell to say goodbye to something you loved to say goodbye to wrestling must be really difficult and, and, and takes time. How are you managing with that? What is it that you do to, to, to keep, to keep going, to stay afloat? You, 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 cause we talk and you're always quite yeah. optimistic. I always love your attitude about uh, everything. How, yeah, how do you stay uh, up? <laughs> well, yeah, let's see, like for coping, I mean, well, besides the medication, I've been on Cymbalta for a while now. And that has horrible side effects. Yeah, yeah. But I guess that's better than thinking, I hate my life, I'm killing myself. Right, right. Um, You know, like that, muscle relaxers. I've been taking gabapentin or, you know, like Lyrica for almost two years now. Uh, right. Really, I, I, I can't walk very well after, a, you know, I did a year of physical therapy. Uh, before the the doctors were like, you know, it's just, you know, the the, the damage is done. Uh, you know, just get in the pool to try to keep the weight off. If you keep mm-hmm. the weight off, you know, you're you'll be able to walk a little bit better. You know, make make right. sense, right? Take some yeah. weight off your legs. You'll, I, I can walk a little bit, you know, with my walker in the house, but out of the house, I've got to use a wheelchair. Um, right. But well, you know, I, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, it does suck. I, I never leave the house. Um, mostly just for surgeries or doctor's appointments. Right. It's, it's a totally different uh, so, lifestyle. Yeah, now. Um, usually I spend all my time playing my video games. That's, okay. 
What's your favorite video games? I have a very broad range of favorites. (laughs) (laughs) What are you playing now? What what were you playing before we started this? I like everything. So uh, (laughs) I actually just finished uh, Cyberpunk 2077. Oh, yeah? Okay. And the expansion for that. Uh, I really enjoyed that. Um, Yeah. Night, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic is one of my all-time favorite oh, games. Oh, classic. Classic, yeah. Uh, Kingdom Hearts I've gone through probably three times. Yeah. Uh, Final Fantasy VI. It's a good one. That's a good one, yeah. Oh, that is <laughs> – everybody loves Final Fantasy VII, but no. Final Fantasy VI, buddy. <laughs> but you, you so, so you've moved back in with uh, to get help from your, your parents, of course, because it's, it's a full-time thing. It's full-time care mm-hmm. to, to take care of these things. Um, but I, I, I ask, uh, there's one question I ask all of my guests because this show is called high trust, low context. Mm-hmm. My question is at this stage in your life, where you are, who and, and, or what do you still trust? Who do you trust these days? You know, you know, I had to, I was forced into retirement almost two years ago and I still like, feel like my whole world's like crashing down on me and maybe, maybe maybe ask me like in another year after the reality set in more. Fair enough. Fair enough. (laughs) Fair enough. uh, I I don't know. You, you mentioned before. I, I mean, I. I want to say something optimistic, but like, you know, like I said, this all started with, you know, spinal stenosis that was just never yeah. looked at. And even when I had health insurance, you know, I would go to the doctor and they'd just be like, it's sciatica. That's all it is. And <sighs> then I lost health insurance. I had to, then I went to go work for Samson and the work that I was promised wasn't there and I couldn't see a doctor or anything and I was getting worse. So I got a job at a bookstore and mm-hmm. hopes of, you know, having benefits so I could get yeah. health insurance to see that doctor. Uh, you know, that's like the big thing I'm working towards. And uh, for four years, I'm there and it just it never came. And then COVID hit. Right. Right. And th- I, like I was literally right before COVID hit. We finally had like an, it was like an assistant manager position that opened up and I'm like, I want it. Basically, <laughs> I gave an ultimatum, like I'm getting this or I quit. Right. You know what oh. I mean? But because for years at this point, I had been the person that came in when people called out. I was the speaker, right. you know, it, um, I was trained for every job in the bookstore. Uh, and then COVID hit. And yeah. there went my position. So I had to go back to wrestling the uh, I mean, the, I, I went to, I worked for another company for like a little bit. Well, no, I, I, I did some shows for another company and then I got a severe concussion and mm. yeah, then, I, then I had a show for Jack with micro wrestling and he saw how concussed I was. And he was like, I don't want you to work for that guy anymore. When you heal, I want you to come work for me full time. Right. And that's actually when Jack got me. He sounds like a good um, dude, though. Aside aside from the 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 prison time, he sounds like a, a re- really good oh, dude. No, like he, he's no, taking he, good he's care of you. A, amazing dude, and I mean, I cannot say enough. You know, he didn't have. To, he, I mean, he still calls to check in on me. You know, over that's a year awesome. later. I mean, he, yeah. Hey, do you need anything? Do you need money? Right. Uh, right. How is everything? Um, and 
I mean, I yeah, I've I know I've known him for three four years, but there was only that one year period when I came back, you know, because it's like, oh, my back's bad. Okay, mm-hmm. time to go back to wrestling so I can afford that health insurance. Uh-huh, so I went yeah. to go work for him, you know, because I'm like, well, he's gonna pay me enough, I can afford the health insurance. Right, right. Um, and yeah, I you know I was finally able to do it. Um, but no, no other. Like I said, as Samson called to check in on me, I mean, I've had like the worst thing that could possibly happen to me as a professional wrestler outside mm-hmm. of dying. Yeah, yeah. As Samson called to check in on me. Have any of the, uh, like, some of the guys that used to like beat the crap out of me and shoot on me, have they called to check in on me? Oh. Uh, so Jack. Jack He's checked cool. on you. Been checking in on me. Uh, I checked in on you. <laughs> I checked in yeah, on you. I mean, yeah, I mean, you check in. No, I mean, th- th- there's there's people that check in. I mean, you check in, but you know, like, like I mean, like promoters, though. You know. What yeah. I mean? No, I get it. I get and, it. And like, well, he doesn't have to do anything that he's done. Like, you know, over a year, well over a year later into this, like, my spinal cord injury uh, happened, and like, I. So it was getting bad, you know. I had the severe concussion. He, he saw how out of it I was. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Please, I, I don't want you working for that guy anymore. Take some time off. Uh, if you need money or anything, let me know when you come back. Uh, you know, come work for me full time. You know." And I was finally, I had been putting it off, you know, because for years, you know, I told you he has been like, "Please come work for me full time. I'll make it worth your while. I promise I'll take care of you." And yeah. I was just like, no, I can't go full time anymore. My back's no, bad. No, can't take but it. But this yeah. time I finally did, and I got a good year out of it. You know, I mean, we were wrestling six days a week. Uh, I mean, there were there were times when, yeah, there was times. You know, my back was so bad that I couldn't wrestle, and if I couldn't wrestle, then they had me referee. Right. Um, towards the end there, which was I guess fast forward like I, I came to work for him april 2021 is when i started working for him full-time you know so i'm working uh-huh. full times a week i'm working six days a week for him we're touring we're doing pigeon forge yeah. you know so i'm doing both all over the place and that's a lot on the body mm-hmm. you know um, Dude, even refereeing is hard on the body oh it is <laughs> it is and see so that that's another thing i'm about to get to is like you know there were there were of course times, you know, because my back was getting so bad that I wouldn't be able to wrestle because I was barely walking and the guys, it wouldn't be like me saying like, Hey, I need to take the night off, you know, because my back hurts. It would be the guys like, dude, you don't need, you don't, you don't need to wrestle, man. You're, you're, you're not, you know what I mean? You're not in good shape. Yeah. So it was more the concern of the others that, so if I couldn't wrestle, then I would referee, uh, if I couldn't referee, then I would sell merch. Okay. Um, but for, for the majority of the time, they're like, I was a wrestler. Like yeah. when it came to the, when it came to the shows at our building in Pigeon Forge, I, no matter what, I had to be wrestling those four days a week. <laughs> you know, it's an I, I, did, I, I, did, yeah. I could get, I could get by like when we have uh, road shows the other two days of the week that we're yeah. working, I yeah. could get by on, you know, just selling merch maybe. Right. Uh, but, when we're at the building, though, I you had an itch. Wrestling. Yeah, I've got yeah. a match uh, or two matches, really. Uh, what about there was about there would be a battle royale at the end of the night, you know, before uh, and you want to on that. Happy. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um, so I, I did that. I did that for a year. And then January of last year, January 2022, I finally 
can't afford health insurance because you know you have to get it like in in the periods for open yeah. enrollment you know for yeah. the obamacare stuff okay uh, so i finally get the health insurance and i'm immediately trying to get paired with a doctor and they actually usually the way health insurance works in the states is like they basically tell you what doctor you can see right right they choose so, your doctor um the, the, yeah you. so first they sent me one doctor that they basically they pair me with one doctor and then that doctor when I called their office, they didn't accept my health insurance. Oh. So I had to get paired with another doctor. And then that doctor, he was moving from Louisiana. Uh, so it was taking him a little bit to, you know, move his residency up. And I wasn't going to be able to get an appointment with him until February the 20th. I saw him on February 20th, finally. I said, hey, something's wrong. I've got all these red flag issues. Um, is by, by this point, I already had lost feeling in my butt and my groin on top of, you know, the back pain that I've been suffering from for so long. You know? Right. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, yeah, the, the, these are red flags. And by, by this point I was, I was still wrestling, but I was only wrestling in pigeon forge, you know, like I was saying, I was mm-hmm. wrestling those four days a week and then I was barely, but those other two days I was just doing merch because I could barely walk by at this point. And right. When I, when, I, when, when I did have a match, I, it's almost like my legs were almost on a timer and I could feel my legs almost giving out. Like I had to tell the guy I'm wrestling, you know, my legs are about to go like almost like, you know, Oh, uh, you know, I can't feel my legs. I'm paraplegic, you know, just, I would like tell him, dude, I'm about to lose my legs. We have to finish now. And we got to go home. Yeah. We have to go home. We have to go home. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I'm telling them, you know, these are like my red flags. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> um, so, oh, he's like, he's like, yes, I agree. We need to get you in an MRI. He tried to set up an MRI. Uh, my in- health insurance company said no. They wanted me to do physical therapy first, mm. even with these red flag emergency symptoms. Jeez. So I did three and a half weeks of physical therapy and my physical therapist, he was, um, a doctor of physical therapy or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, he's like above a regular yeah. physical therapist, you know, what expert. I mean? Yeah. And he was, you know, he was writing up reports that he was sending to my doctor. Well, in, um, January or no, it wasn't in January. Uh, March. Anyway, I'm on the road and I'm in Ohio on the road. Uh, I'm with Jack and one of our girls. We're uh, going to all these different conventions to sell our show Mm -hmm. and stuff for the month of January. Because, you know, my back was like bad. Mm -hmm. So, um... Actually, no, I would I would have been missing. I, I would have been on the road with the guys and I would have been selling merch. She called me. I was in Ohio and he's like, dude, you need to go to the ER. Uh, I got a report from the physical therapist and these are some major, major red flags. I'm like, yeah, I told you. And he's like, you need to go to the ER. And I'm, I'm like, well, I haven't had an accident in a while. And by accident, I mean, I hadn't pooped myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like it. It hasn't happened in you know a few weeks. So, but I he, he's like fine. But if it happens again, then you go. Mm. I'm like, okay. So, oh no, I 
uh, so a um, few weeks pass. We're back in Pigeon Forge. We're at the building. And I had had another accident the night before. Mm-hmm. Got up for work the next day. I'm like, oh, joy. Uh, I went about my day. I did the show. After the show, I drove myself to Knoxville and said, you know, my doctor demanded I come up here and said I'm supposed to demand emergency MRI and said that you guys can't turn me away if I, I told you my doctor said, you know. Mm-hmm. So they did the emergency. M- so they did the MRI and like, you know, they get me out and they take me back in a wheelchair and they bring me out. And after they get me out of the machine in the wheelchair, I look back to the technician. I'm like, it's a herniated disc. In it. It's got to be a herniated disc. He's like, oh, you got some herniations there. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I knew it. I'm like, where, well, is there a stenosis or he's like, oh, there's, yeah, I'm going to let you talk to the doctor. And, you know, I'm like, oh, God, that's not good. Mm. You know, when they're like, oh, you need to hear this from the doctor, you know? Yeah. Um, so the doctor comes in and, uh, you know, I'm like, it, it, so what is it? And he's like, yeah, so you're, you're in, you're in really bad shape. Um, Four, five of your discs are severely herniated. Uh, you have severe foraminal stenosis, central cana- severe central canal stenosis. Um, you've got all kinds of arthritis. Basically, you're um, going paralyzed from the waist down, and if we don't do surgery soon, you're going to have permanent damage. So, so I'm like, so that, that is what's happening. You know, I'm going paralyzed. I'm turning into a paraplegic slowly. They're like, yeah. Um, and at that point, the big concern is something called, um, Cauda Equina syndrome. Okay. Which Cauda Equina syndrome, it's something it's, it's very, very rare, but it's a case where two or more discs in your lumbar are mm-hmm. become severely compressed and compromise your uh the bottom of your spinal cord okay okay um, so because like your, 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 like your spinal cord it actually like your actual spinal cord it only it ends like halfway down your back okay ah uh, okay okay down your spinal, yeah. col- down your spinal, spinal column right yeah and then after that it's just like a free-flowing sack basically mm-hmm. with the nerves the bundle of nerves that go down to your legs you're growing everything mm-hmm. from the waist down and everything that's it comes out like uh from that's there why it, it, it's um latin for horse's tail okay that's why okay it, that's yep. why it's called cauda equina because it looks like a horse's tail on ah, an MRI. okay yeah okay gotcha yeah, so it comes down and then when you see that you know Mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. that's your cauda equina um but when once cauda equina sets in normally you have only it, it's an emergency situation that you only have up to 24 hours on the onset of symptoms before you risk permanent damage or, did you guys you know, catch or, it or, you know you know or you know all the way to full paraplegia wow okay uh at the ER, at first, that, that was our big debate. Is, is it Cauda Equina? Because I was having the accidents. And one of the last right, big yeah. flags is incontinence. 
Right, right. Okay, so it's like incontinence, that's a big red flag. I don't have any feeling in my groin or my butt. That's another big red flag. Um, But they decided that I wasn't incontinent yet. Since I wasn't fully incontinent, it wasn't kind of equina. Okay. But basically, like I had done it, I wouldn't say an argument with the ER doctor, but we were talking about like, dribbling and you know accidents how your bla- and, bladder works yeah, and stuff yeah because uh, I, I was complaining about my bladder leaking and how i couldn't get it to turn off like it's supposed to and right it's like oh that that may be normal ish you know not caught aquina <sighs> you know what i mean uh, yeah and i'm like no i think this is i think this might be caught aquina but anyway they are like okay caught aquina and so they shoot me up with morphine and everything they get me all kinds of drugs they're gonna do emergency surgery and then I'm like, hey, I think I have to pee. Oh, that's good news. Okay, so you're. Uh, do you mind if we t- take an ultrasound right now of your bladder before, you know, and then we'll take one after you go to the bathroom, assuming you go, make sure you emptied your bladder. Okay. Basically, basically they it was the perfect test for them because in their minds it was, if I could empty my bladder, then it wasn't called Equina. So right. it wasn't an emergency medical To rule it out. Yet. Yes, yet, okay. Right, you know? Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I, I pee, they did the ultrasound again. I guess I emptied my bladder because they sent me home all jacked up on morphine. <laughs> Doctors, man. Uh, Doctors, man. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I had to go back to, you know, go back to pigeon four. No, <laughs> oh, geez. But, but they were like, okay, so we're not going to do surgery tonight, but you need to meet with somebody in our office and then in the next few days. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because that surgery, it's got to be soon. Yeah. Well, that next few days ended up being, it was like two weeks before we got the actual appointment. Okay. Uh, I, I, that's when I met with them. And then that's when they're like, yeah, so you got five, five herniated discs. You've got the severe stenosis. You've got this, this and this. So we're going to have to do all these different kinds of surgeries and stuff. And, you know, right up front, I'm like, so I, am I going to be still fully functioning and everything again after the surgery? And they're like, yeah, you'll be able to do most things still. You'll be able to, I'm like, so I'll be able to, well, I'll be able to, you know, like run, lift weights. Well, I still be able to be active. And the guy's like, the doctor, he's like, well, like I like lifting weights. I had the surgery, one of the surgeries that you're getting. And like, I like lifting weights. I just can't lift like as much weight now. And I'm thinking like, well, that completely defeats the point if you can't lift heavy. Yeah. You know, but I'm like, okay, I'm beating around the bush here. The big question is, will I still be able to wrestle? And they said, no, it's straight, straight off. You know, uh, you know, you're never, you're never going to wrestle again. Mm. Um, it's just, they, they, they said like, you, you got to understand there's so much damage just that has to be cleaned out. It's, they said basically the wrestling aged my body up like 30 years. No kidding. Oh, so, I, you know, like I've got <clears throat> the body of like a 65 year old person, <laughs> which is crazy considering just the year before all this, I uh, was doing stunt work for HBO bumping <laughs> and I bumped in a boxing ring for Danny McBride. For five oh hours. my goodness. Oh, so, so you can imagine my back bumping yeah. in a boxing ring for five hours. Oh man! Oh man! Well, uh, 
I, but uh, it, yeah, anyway, they gave me the bad news. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, I immediately I had already stopped wrestling for a couple of weeks by this point because it was getting hard to walk. Uh-huh. And those last couple matches, you know, somebody else had to take my tights off for me and help me yeah. get my pants on, get my shoes yeah. on, and all that. Um, but that you know, they give me the news, and obviously that's like devastating. But it's like okay, so we're gonna have to have surgery soon. Uh, somebody's gonna call you about the surgery date. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, so I leave the hospital and. I call Jack immediately, you know, because we, we, we assume, you know, I have the surgery. I can still wrestle. Like even at no point in my mind did I think my back was so bad that, you know, this is going to be it. I thought right. I finally got I, I'm finally going to be able to see a doctor. I'm finally going to be able to get my back fixed and I'm going to be able to wrestle again like I used to. And I'm going to be able to show these guys how I used to be able yeah. to go and to it just, beat the odds. Yeah. You, you wanted to beat it, the it, odds it was, and yeah, overcome. I mean, dude, I, I mean, I, but I, I called them on the way back and I'm like, you know, is this not good? I mean, dude, I, I'm not going to lie. I burst out. I'm getting serious. Well, I, I understand, man. That's, um, that's huge. Yeah. Uh, I mean, when it's your life, you know, um, yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I called them and I'm like, yeah, man, they, this is not good. They, I'm going paralyzed. And they said, I, uh, you know, I'll never wrestle again. And, you know, I'm freaking out. And Jack's just like, you know, he's trying to calm me down. He's like, calm down. Don't worry about that. Just get the surgery. Just yeah. do what the doctors tell you. Just get the surgery. And th- the doctors, they can't predict the future, you know. Um, who, who says, you know, people, can, you can always make a comeback, you know. They don't know everything. and But, yeah. you know, in, in the back of my mind by that point, I'm like, oh, uh, because, I mean, if your legs don't work, I mean, how are you supposed to get in the ring, you know? Well, yeah. Uh, you know, at the time, he's like, you know, just, you know, they don't know everything. Just, you know, we'll keep doing what we're doing. You'll get the surgery. And, uh, you know, we'll kind of go from, go from there, you know. But you're not going anywhere. Because my first thought originally was, well, since I can't wrestle now, he's not going to have any need for me anymore. So, uh, you know what I mean? What good? Well, yeah, that, that that's the way it works. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So that's when, like, I freak him out when I'm freaking out and I call him, you know, like crying. It's because, like, you know, yeah. my whole livelihood's gone. My life is upside down. I moved all the way from Georgia to Tennessee for the company. Right. You know, to, to, to wrestle again. And, yeah. Uh, you know, he's like, get, get the surgery. I'll, you know, I'll take care of you. Don't worry. I'll take care of you. Well, um, uh, there's another month from when I see the doctors to the surgery date. I remember because it was my dad's birthday when um, I got that bad news. That was on April 4th and my surgery date wasn't until May 3rd. Mm -hmm. Uh, Two weeks before the surgery, um, I got up to go to work at the building, you know, at our building at Pigeon Forge. Um, Got up, got a shower to get ready for the show. My back popped in the shower. I heard it and felt it. I'm like, all right, I got to wrap this up. That's not good. Yeah. I get out of the shower. I get myself dried off. My back's pretty bad hurting, but it's not too bad yet. Um, I managed to get to my bedroom. I get my underwear on as like I'm been down. And then a second pop. 
And then when that second pop happened, I hit the floor. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, on the floor trying to get dressed because I've got to get to work. You know, I call uh, Disco Dom, who works with Micro. He lived in the same apartment complex and mm-hmm. the same building. He was just upstairs from me, you know, which yeah. is nice. Uh, I call him like, hey, man, my back popped. I need need you to, you know, could you come, come down here me. and help me? please just come help me with something. Cause I don't want to tell him, Hey, can you come help me get dressed? You know, until right, I got right. there, you know, yeah. I don't want to be like, I don't want to be like surprise. Now help me get my pants <laughs> Right. Uh, but he, he got there and he's like, help me get dressed. He's like freaking out. Like, Oh dude, dude, you need to go to the ER. You need to go to the ER, man. You gotta. And he's like, where are you trying to go? I'm like, well, dude, it's almost three o'clock. We've got to be at the building in you know, 30 minutes, you know, because <sighs> doors open at four, the show's at five. Yeah. He's like, dude, no, you, you, you can't, you can't, no. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, I try. He, he convinces me to not do it. He gets me over to the couch at least. He gets me dressed. Dom gets me over to the couch. He calls uh, Jack, and you know they, they work something out. You know somebody else at the door. I wasn't wrestling by this point anyway, so I wasn't right. really in the show. You know, I was waiting you. for my. I was waiting. Yeah, exactly. I was waiting for my surgery. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, we just moved me to the couch, and um, yeah, that it it, it was bad. Uh, I, for those next two weeks were the most pain I've ever been in, in my life. Like I, I thought I had been in ten out of ten pain before, but this was above that. This was twelve out of ten. Like this was the wow. most. I mean, it had to be worse than giving birth. Oof. I mean, I, I, I don't want to make it a competition, but right. Uh, you know, when your nerves are what's attached to, you know, your brain and telling how everything, everything. else is supposed to feel, I'm yeah. going to think the you know, nerves are going to, it's going to hurt worse than anything else. Yeah. Uh, yeah. but I just remember for, for two weeks, um, just the pain was so bad. I was audibly screaming and my yeah. legs would be stuck out in front of me and my legs just shaking. And I would oh. have periods where, uh, you know, I'd start screaming and they would shake. Yeah. And then the contractions would kind of just like stop. But oh. I couldn't be alone really by myself for like that two weeks. So like after the show was over, um, you know, Jack came over to see what was up. He mm-hmm. saw how bad I was. He's freaking out. And he he sat down. He's like, you know, I'm dude, I'm not going to leave you. Whatever you need, you know, here's what I'll do. I'll pay you $600 a week for however long I need to. Wow. You know, for however long this takes. Wow. And if you need anything, you you know, well, you can't work. Uh, So it's like, okay. And he said, uh, also, I'm going to have somebody come and take shifts staying with you, you know, so anything that you need done, getting you food, helping you to the bathroom, doing your laundry, all that kind of stuff. And again, this is stuff he he didn't, you know, ever have to do. Vince McMahon wouldn't do that. Yeah. No, he wouldn't. (laughs) But, uh, yeah. So, you know, um, and, for, for those two weeks, I usually had somebody with me, but at night, you know, like Disco Dom and, mm-hmm. um, you know, our referee girl that lived in the apartment complex, you know, I don't want them to have to spend the night with me if they're, you know, in the same building. Right. You know, I, I 
figure, you, you know, you, you go upstairs, you go home. And then if I need yeah. anything, you know, I'll call you. But yeah. at the same time, I'm too proud and I'm not going to bother anybody at three in the morning to take me to the bathroom. <sighs> so during that time when I had to get up, I remember I would somehow make it to the bathroom. But mm-hmm. by the time I had finished and start making it back to the couch, I would be crawling on the floor. <sighs> and I just remember by the time I would get to the couch, because like I said, I was in so much pain, I'd have to reach up to grab a couch pillow or a couch cushion, bring it down, uh, put it in my mouth, have something to bite into so I could then lift myself back up onto the couch. Man. So, and that's, that's what I had to, (laughs) and then that's what I had to go through for two weeks. So I might have some kind of PTSD from that. Well, yeah. I mean, that's brutal, (laughs) man. It's just like a whole thing. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, uh, th- th- then of course surgery day came and everything. And by the time, uh, I, a couple days before the surgery, my dad had finally got up there to take care of me. Um, you know, so the guys, because the guys, they actually had to go on the road. Right. Like last, yeah. Yeah. They still had work that, to that, do. That next week, that first week after my back popped, the guys were all there, but then they all had to go on the road and they were gone. Right. Uh, I rem- so I you know I couldn't rely on them. Uh, there was another guy uh, that I was friends with in the apartment complex. He came to help me some, um, but I remember then he had to go somewhere, and I didn't have anybody. And I went four days without a shower or a bath or anything, four or five mm. days, and I was you know just sitting on the couch that long and yeah, smelling that's yourself. Hard. And yeah, yeah, I called I called Jack, and you know he called. Uh, Brie and her parents, uh, Brie's referee girl, her parents, yeah. who I don't even know, total strangers, <laughs> yeah. have to, you know, come into the house to, you know, help me help you bathe. bathe. Yeah. So, and then eventually oh, my dad man. got there. Uh, but by the time sur- we had, by, by the time it was surgery day, um, my right leg was dragging. I had no feeling in my, well, I lacked a lot of feeling in both legs, mm-hmm. but my right leg was like the worst. I had like foot drag. Uh, foot drop, you know, my leg was dragging. Yeah. Um, and I tried going to the bathroom and, you, you know, couldn't go. And, you know, I could just feel, it just felt like my bladder's like swelling up. And I'm like, well, if I'm not in Cotacuina, I am now. Right, right. Uh, oh. And then on May 3rd, we finally had the surgery. Any, so. any improvement since the surgery? Is it any improvement? It's, uh, there has been improvement from where I was, obviously, mm-hmm. but it's just the, you know, I, I talked about Cotta syndrome and how we yeah. have the, is it Cotta syndrome? Is it not Cotta syndrome? Like, I remember when I woke up from the surgery, the nurse, you know, asking me to go wiggle my toes. Um, and, you know, I was able to do it a little bit and, you mm-hmm. know, she's like, can you feel that? I'm like, yeah, I can feel that. And at first I think they thought the surgery was a success. But then a little bit later on the day, I asked, so am I, so what am I going to still, um, what am I going to start filling my man parts again? Nah. And then that's when they're like, oh, okay, that ain't right. Uh, so, so, so you, are you and scheduled? And then yeah. that night, the night nurse, um, in, in my surgery, there was a complication. Um, I had two terrible, uh, basically at my L4, L5 area. Um, it was completely, my spinal cord was completely squished because the, you know, stenosis, everything was so tight. 
So mm-hmm. when the doctor had tried to, um, you know, had sawed the bone and tried to pop it off, it caused two uh, tears in my uh, dural sac, which is that, you know, that sac yeah. that holds all the uh, fluid. cerebral spinal fluid and, you yeah. know, the nerves and your spinal cord and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were two ribs in that, and so those those had to be sewn up because uh, cerebral fi- spinal leaks, uh, spinal fluid leaks are really serious because you can get sp- yeah. uh, meningitis and die yeah. really quickly. So they were like, "We sewed this up, but you have to lay down totally flat for the first twenty four hours. All your pain meds have to be through IV for the first twenty four hours because we can't have you sitting up at all. Wow, or you could die." Uh, let us know if you have a headache or anything like that. Yeah. Well, the night nurse came in at seven o'clock that first night after the surgery. Propped you she up. Tried to give me like six pills, you know, like <laughs> six pills at one time. And I'm like, they told me earlier that uh, IV? everything's it's supposed to be IV. And she's yeah. like, no, you you wouldn't be the first person. You could take these. Uh, she basically she tried to get out of I guess having to go to different rooms you know, during the night. So she tried to give me all my pain medicines at one time. Obviously oh. not being a nurse. That's not smart. In, not being a nurse that's worked, you know, with like spine patients or brain operated patients or, you know, any of those like high risk procedures, you know. Man, oh man. Uh, so she it's was bad everywhere. Like, uh, you and me the first. So she gives me all those pills by midnight. Um, everything had worn off and I woke up in screaming pain. Again, uh, so, all the pain meds gone and nurses coming in because, you know, they can all hear me screaming all of, from, you know, the entire floor of the hospital. Uh, they they can't give me any pain medicine because the other nurse gave me all the pain medicine already. So they try to pick me up. <sighs> yeah, somebody thought it was a good idea to try to physically pick me up to put a big bag uh, of ice underneath me. So there was, uh, you see, so like that just whole thing was not... But yeah, I, yeah, it was just a you know a whole rough process. Uh, but I'm better than I was. Well, so but, yeah, you know there there is you know some damage that I'm stuck with. I want to check back in with you at a future date if you're okay with it. I would love to yeah. t- chat with you again as this process goes. But you know, man, I know that it's it's such a fascinating story to me. A lot of this hits very close to home. As I've told you before, like a member in my family can no longer walk uh, yeah. and has and has uh, has had to deal with uh, the loss of, of that. And it, it's a it's a it's a big it's a big thing. It's a big thing. Yeah, I mean, it really is, especially like. I mean, you basically, like, you know, you're like, oh, OK, I'm going to do this. I mean, what, what, what would a doctor do if they trained, you know, in medicine, you know, went and did six to eight years of school and then, and then suddenly couldn't... something happened and then they're like, oh, you can't, you know, practice anymore. Like Dr. Yeah. Strange. Dr. Strange. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, so, you know. Well, it's because it, it, it's interesting because... And, um... and, and what did he do? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> See, because my story, I, I'll, I'll be very quick about it, but like my story, um, I, I used to play baseball. Baseball was my, my sport and I yeah. played at a, a very high level of baseball. And I found out in high school that even though I had uh, potential scholarships lined up to play baseball, mm-hmm. it was my dream. I was 
going to be a baseball player. I, I, I worked as a bat boy for a professional baseball team. I played baseball all my life. I knew everything about the sport. Yep. And it was in high school that the, the surgeon told me, cause I was having arm problems oh. that he, 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 they, they looked at it. They said to me, you're never going to throw a baseball again. I was a pitcher and I found that out at 17. And so at, at, at the age of 17, all of a sudden my dream was gone. Like I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't it's... do it, but I, you got 13 years in the, in the business and I, mine was taken out beforehand. So I had to adjust and change everything. Yeah. Everything, uh, you know, like, what am I going to do yeah, for I school? Mean, what am I going to do for everything? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just like your, your entire being basically. Yeah. It was you my know, who, personality, who everything. So but, like now I'm like, I, I don't know what to do with myself since I'm not five year anymore. Like I said, I, I just sit here. I, I never leave the house. I play my games and it's gotta be very, you know, it can't be games where there's a lot of pausing in it or like a lot of uh, slow moments because I can't get to where, you know, I can't stop and start thinking about step basically. You know what I mean? I have to try to keep, I have to try to keep, keep myself busy constantly. So I don't think about the situation that I'm in No kidding. or anything like that. Yeah. Well, um, I want to thank you very much for coming and and sharing your stories with us. And, 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 uh, you know, as I told you before, my family, we, we pray for you nightly. You're in our rosary prayers. Uh, I, I ask for everybody else who may be listening to the show to, if you, if you're a family that prays, please pray for Chris, Chris Blanton and his situation that things may improve for him. And if there's any way that, uh, they can support if they're, I, I mean, if you're out in the Tennessee area, uh, support Jack and, and the micro micro wrestlers there. Yeah. I mean, it sounds to me like that, that, that is a good organization. That's right. If you ever been to Forge, Tennessee, and like I, like I said, uh, We've got a TV show coming out here in just a few months. It'll be out Fantastic. before the end of the year. So keep an eye out, That's man. Awesome. Well, I, I want to thank you very much for, again for coming on the show. Uh, this has been High Trust, Low Context. I'm your host, El Chaco. Thank you again uh, for listening. Uh, be sure to subscribe on all the different platforms that we're on. And uh, God bless, everyone. Viva Cristo Rey. Take care.